Hello, everybody, and welcome to the BusyDad.com podcast, a place for business dads to share advice, experiences, and stories of successes and failures as it relates to being a business owner, business professional, or an entrepreneur, all while still kicking ass in the dad game. We hope you like the show, and please subscribe to follow us to keep up with new episodes, and also be sure to check out BusyDad.com for merch, blogs, and much more. That's B-U-S-I-D-A-D dot com. Cheers. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah, yeah. How how cold is it up there in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota today? So December is never where we have to worry. It's always February. I'm sitting at 18 degrees, though. <laughs> Holy. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's still you have to worry. It's like 42 degrees here, and that's uh, uh, that's about 30 degrees less than I really like it. No, come February, we'll be in the negatives. So, you know, this is uh, like spring. No, no, no. I'm not living. I'm not living anywhere where there's going to be a temperature at any point of the year with a neck with a minus sign in front of it. That's not happening. Uh, we have these like waterfalls in our town, uh, just called the falls. And last night we, uh, we have a family friend in town and they wanted to go visit. So we went and walked around the falls and I immediately regretted that decision. <laughs> I mean, the water has got to be frozen, right? No, no. I mean, it's a running waterfall. It's it's uh, so the downside is is uh, it's not the cleanest water. <laughs> yeah. And then it's it's misting. Uh, so yeah, I found my glasses frozen over, or, uh, along with the fog because you know we had masks on. But oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about the uh, the mask problem. Well, let me introduce <laughs> you to everybody. All right, today on uh, on BusyDad.com podcast, we've got the one and only Mr. Brent Pluster. Brent is the owner of Brentis. Is it Brentis or Brentis? You hit it right on the nose, Brentis Design. Brent, Brentis Design LLC. He's a digital artist that specializes in illustration and graphic design. He's a father to three, soon to be four uh, children. A little boy on the way, right? Is that right? Yep, All right. that's awesome. correct. Awesome, awesome. And then you got uh, teenagers too. Yeah, yeah, uh, you can hear the exhaustion in my voice when that <laughs> <laughs> is mentioned. Yeah, yep, we have a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a newborn on the way. I got you, yeah, yeah, well, congratulations. The Hey, the good thing is uh, you got babysitters, bro. It's true. You got babysitters. I'll Do you know how hard it is, like, with, uh, with a five, we got a 5-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 5-month-old. And, uh, yeah, we don't have babysitters. I mean, we, 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 uh, are, are fortunate if we get out about once a month because <laughs> we, we don't have any, we you know, we don't have any children old enough to be like, Hey, look, uh, you're going to, you're going to hold this down for a little while. So, uh, but yeah. All right. So, uh, man, let's see here. So Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, have you always been there your entire life? Is that where you're originally from? Uh, I grew up for my younger years in Lincoln, Nebraska, and then moved here, you know, in my teens. So, I mean, for the formidable or forming years, yeah, I've been in Sioux Falls. What made that move? Oh, parents uh, moving here for work. And, and then I, you know, I stayed because it just was home and all, all my friends were here at that point. So, yeah, it's a cool enough town for being in South Dakota. <laughs> 
So, so tell us, tell us about your business, man. Brentis Design LLC. Uh, tell us what you guys do. I mean, uh, how you got started. Just, just tell me. There's got to be people out there that that are like, I know I can do it. How do I do it? So, how did you do it? What exactly do you do? Just go into detail and tell us about that. Yeah. I, well, prior to starting the business, I I had 18 plus years in retail and customer service experience. I think that's an important key because uh, a lot of those uh, skills kind of bleed into running uh, a business. And I think a lot of artists overlook the customer service aspect of it and just, you know, go with that. Um, a few years ago, I had been doing digital art with kind of a basic setup, uh, just kind of for me. And uh, uh, being icy South Dakota, there was a point uh, a few years back where I broke both my legs. <laughs> And, uh, now, you how, know, try and... How, how did you do that? Well, it's a funny story. So I broke my right foot. Um, I, I had a blood pressure issue and I, I fainted and fell on my right foot and then had surgery on that. Four months later, uh, I got the cast off. And like three days later, I was walking out to my car and I slipped on ice and broke my other leg <laughs> right after getting the cast off the left one. Uh, so it was like not eight or nine months of being incapacitated. Yeah, that's that sounds super painful and uh, not funny, even in the slightest. <laughs> even though I'm laughing, uh, like I mean, if it if it happened to me, it might be funny. But if when I think about it happening to somebody else, that just that doesn't sound uh, pleasant at all. I laugh now. Uh, I think of it as as uh, you know a blessing in disguise because my right calf at the time was much smaller than my left after not using it for four months. So it really gave my body an opportunity to even them out. <laughs> um, but I broke both my legs uh, and I was working for a, a tech repair company at the time. And it just, it wasn't working well and being injured and trying to do this job kind of revealed the flaws of what I had been doing. And my wife just one day was like, I don't know why you're bothering. You've had people ask you to buy, you know, art pieces or have you design logos or, or shirts for them. I don't know why you're not just doing that. And uh, essentially, uh, we were in the car about 10 minutes after that conversation. And, uh, you know, we went to Best Buy and, and she just bought a, you know, a PC for me. We had ordered all the hardware, like in, in, in like off of a whim. And, uh, Shortly after that, you know, we established the LLC. I started building my website and and uh, trial by fire and learning how to how to properly promote an art business, a logo business, a design business, and an illustration business. But uh, we we found our niche and our our groove, and uh, yeah, here we are. So, I mean, is that, so as far as, as the designs and stuff, is that what you guys primarily do? Do y'all help with the marketing and logo creations? Do y'all do more in the local, uh, you know, artistic communities? Do y'all do website designs? I mean, go more into detail about what you got, what your specialty is and where you've kind of found your niche. Yeah. So I had played in bands for years. So I had been making t-shirts and, and logos uh, prior to that. So I always knew that that was something I would, eventually do but when i started uh all people were asking me for were to draw their families 
make portraits of their families, but imitate art styles of different television shows like Bob's Burgers, Archer, Simpsons, Family Guy. I mean, you name it. I've so drawn you were doing it like point. character. What are the character? Character? What are those called? Caricature. Caricature. Yeah. yeah, I can't even say that word. I'm glad you can. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, I would be taking a family portrait of like them standing in front of the Christmas tree, and then I would be transcribing that into the art style that they wanted because you know, know like they say a couple fell in love and they would spend every thursday night watching uh king of the hill and that became an inside joke so i would put them on rainy street hey speaking of king of the hill i listened to a podcast i was listening to the the joe rogan experience the other day and mike judge was on there did you know <sighs> that beavis and butthead is coming back i did i it's- i just saw that I can't wait for the portraits to come in for that one because yeah. that's just a, I his art style is so weirdly hard to do because it's so minimalistic, and uh, oh super <laughs> super and like it's super dry super dry but it's super funny like there's nobody uh, that has been a better master at dry humor than Mike Judge Office Space is probably one of the most classic uh, movies. Oh, he created. He creates characters that are absolutely timeless, and you can watch most of his stuff from from early 2000 or even the 90s of The King of the Hill, and all of the jokes still drive home today. And, and I, I just love that about the characters he creates is they're all like so individually uh, like time capsuled in, into their hilarity. Uh, same with Office Space. I think that everyone translates. Right. So as a digital artist, as a digital artist, these, this has got to be stuff that you've studied. I mean, these might judge. And, and I mean, these are got to be got to be people that you've looked to for inspiration. Uh, do you do any type of digital animation or anything like that? Or is it something that you're looking to get into or? Uh, it's not something that I offer as a service yet. Um, I've been working on animation for uh, a couple of years now. Um, using Adobe Animate and stuff like that, uh, it, it's a much slower process, and so I don't get to give it as much attention since it's not uh, it's not a income driver for me uh, right now. Right, uh, but, but it absolutely it, could be. So one of the things that I do, you know, one of the the areas that I work in is online marketing. I, I do some stuff with digital marketing and online marketing, and one of the biggest things that's that's uh, conversion rates as far as ads to uh, to clients is is videos, uh, and there's there's all kinds of software out there where people can create animated videos or anything like that. But um, yeah, man, that, I mean, you can if you start getting good with. Uh, with making those animated videos, you can hook up with digital marketers and, and they will, you know, something like Upwork or something like that, you know, do a freelance. I guarantee you, you can turn that into money quick, especially if yeah. you get good at it. Because I mean, that's, that is statistically shown as the highest conversion rate for, you know, for an ad is a video in, in the time of Snapchat and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube, YouTube still dominates the video arena but if you get a video, you know, if you can get a video that's, you know, just gets a few reactions to it, you know, you can rank on, on, on Google listings and things like that. And and so uh, there's definitely a market for someone like you yeah. as a digital artist that can get into animation uh, to go out there and find clients that are that are going to pay you and then pay you well for for that type of product. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think since day one, animation has been the end game for me. Uh if you make a funny picture, 
to to make that viral, you have to click it and look at it to understand it. With a video, you there's catchphrases. I mean, we're still saying so many that we've seen throughout the years, like Charlie bit me or, or just like these viral videos. They can trend without having to pull out a device and show it. So there there is a, an additional uh, factor built into to being able to talk about your art in a way that isn't, oh, you have to see this picture. It's really funny. It, it just doesn't drive home but you can describe something using uh, scripting and, 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 and verbiage that I think uh, helps you to advertise your business a little more. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the end game. I'm getting there. I think in the next three months I'll be promoting animation. Uh, it's just right now <laughs> with, with the holidays and getting a lot of portrait requests and logo work and, and businesses are starting to pick back up now. Uh, so a lot of them are wanting to enter enter the world with with a new face. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of logo work as well. And then, you know, we have... Yeah, we need to revamp 2021. I don't want to be the same same person in 21, 2021 that I was in 2020. We're going we're gonna to start over. Fresh, fresh, clean slate. That's fair. I'm going to... 2021, I'm going to get rid of all of the sweatpants that I purchased this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might keep those. I might keep the sweatpants. Yeah, who am I kidding? I work ten feet from where I sleep. Like those are a, those are a, a uniform expense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you there. Yeah, I spend. I, I do. I travel a lot. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple of my the things that I do, I, I do a lot of uh, customer visits and things like that. So I travel. Actually, I travel a whole hell of a lot. But mm. I spend a lot of time in the office too. Like we've got, I've got a, a couple different vehicles. I've got a car that I use for sales, and I've got a truck that I, I use for running deliveries and things like that. And I put forty-seven thousand miles on the truck and thirty-two thousand on the car just this year. Wow! So my, I my spent over seventy thousand miles on the road, and I still spend more time in the office than I do driving. Yeah, my wife works. Uh, so I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She works in uh, Minnesota. I won't say where, uh, but you know, I think she puts. I think she put fifty-two thousand miles on on her car in the first year. <laughs> just driving back and forth because she's got, you know, a 45 minute commute to work yeah. every day. And it's not like in a big city where you're stuck in traffic for that 45. It's, it's driving to another state. Yeah. Uh, the the biggest, wild. the biggest consumer of mileage for us is we've got uh, one of the businesses that I own is a, uh, it's called a ready, set, go party rentals. And it, we do uh, inflatable rentals and tents and tables and chairs and things like that. And, uh, and so most of that mileage comes from running those deliveries on the weekends and everything, you know, it's nothing for us to put, you know, over a thousand miles on that truck every weekend, which gets expensive, but that's part of the, that's part of the business. So let's talk about part of the business. Uh, you were talking about your end goal and end game, getting into animation and things like that. Uh, what, what were some of the challenges, man, when you were, when you decided you were going to do this and you're like, okay. I've got the skill, I've got the know-how, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make Brentis design and I'm going to make this dream a reality. What were some of the hurdles that you had to get over, some of the challenges, uh, finding clients, finding customers? Talk a little bit about that. Uh, for me, I think the biggest hurdle was more so sustainability uh, because when I started, I had a, uh, a design for my city that I had just made one day. And I wasn't advertising the business or anything like that. It was just kind of trying to build up a portfolio prior to that. Anyway, uh, so I had posted this. It says, we are Sioux Falls. And I have some like local legends. Like we have a woman who walks around our town in the summertime in a bikini. And she just walks around reading a book all the time. So 
I had drawn her in and then we had the, you know, a bunch of other things that only refer to our city that you would understand. That's a, that's and, a lot better than what walks around where I live in the daytime <laughs> in the middle of the summer. I can promise you that maybe, uh, maybe it probably well, is though. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got a few of those too. I just didn't feel that they would be, uh, they would translate well. Uh, but the, the shirt trended immediately. I mean, I, I posted it up to my personal Facebook and it got like 147 shares in the first, you know, half an hour. And by the end of it, I think it had over 2000 shares. So, uh, right away I got, you know, free advertising because they did news stories on it. Um, and then people were advertising my business for me. Um, which was great. I had a lot of people asking what I did. I was able to link them to my website, show my portfolio off as, as to where it was. The downside though, as, as most things that trend is they dip. So trying to sustain that, uh, that visual presence after that was where I think it got tricky uh, because, you know, when you start up, 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 up top <laughs> and then have to try and maintain that, uh, yeah, so we ended up putting out a few other iterations of the shirt with other local legends and then um, using multiple platforms to advertise the business. I have an Etsy shop. Uh, I've got uh, Fiverr accounts, uh, but Reddit has been huge for me uh, for business and advertising explain, as well. Explain a little bit more about that because I'll be honest, I don't, use, I don't <laughs> use Reddit. I don't know anything about Reddit. So how, how has Reddit impacted your business? Yeah, so Reddit is just basically a, a multi-platform posting place. They call it the front page of the internet. Every meme you see generally is posted to Reddit first. News articles, you can get minute by the minute. It's just a, a really good place to go to get information. Along with that, they have what's called subreddits or pages, as most people would know them. And they have one for everything, and there's multiple for everything. Uh, so in my in my instance, there's one called Starving or Hungry Artists, where you know as an artist you go and you post your work, and people will go there if they're looking for someone to draw something and utilize that. Um, there's also subreddits for leisure, like uh, there's one that I frequent called I Can Draw That, where people will post just images they want to see. And for me, as an artist, practice is the only way to get better. Uh, so I'll go there a lot and I, I'll draw out these ideas. Now speaking uh, speaking of that, I can draw that. Uh, I saw here uh, that you are the recipient of the I can draw that Artist of the Year in 2018 for most detailed art piece category. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was uh, segues. Uh, uh, so I had I had been responding to a lot of stuff on on, on the website uh, and just practicing posting there, and I got a lot of uh, advertising just because of winning that award or being nominated for it. And they allowed me to link my website and all of that. So, so that gave me a, a nice A boost of confidence and B boost of website traffic, which was uh, important and nice. And so I guess just maintaining that kind of vigilant, constantly posting, constantly being out there, constantly paying. I mean, a lot of people that are frustrated uh, in the art community about why their, their work isn't being seen or why they're not getting visits or... They don't know how to advertise correctly. And, and it, as you know, and as a lot of people know, sometimes you have to, you know, pay the toll or, or make yeah. money, pay money, spend money to make money. 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, with, especially with digital marketing, that's one of the things that they preach about, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to be successful, you had, and you want to have an online presence that's going to boost your business, you have to be on there every day. You have to have something posted every mm-hmm. day. If you don't have some type of content that is being put out every single day, then you're going to fail. I mean, there's it's just, true. there's no way around it. And it doesn't really matter what it is. As long as it's something, you need something that's going up as a digital presence. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm, that's actually what I'm working on right now is, you know, with, with my schedule, I don't have, I don't have the luxury of having the time to, to, to make uh, content posts every day on social media, especially as many social media platforms as there are Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Pinterest, Twitter, just uh, your website, blogs, podcasts. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, you could spend all day doing nothing but creating content. So I'm looking at these uh, <laughs> these automated, uh, and I don't know if you've ever looked at them, but they've got uh, automated programs. I think one's called like Hootsuit or something where you can actually pre-create the content and have it post- scheduled to be posted over time. So uh, that's that's something that I'm looking into because that, that's something that I'm not doing uh, as good as I need to be yeah. uh, at. So. I definitely agree with you there that making sure that you are putting content out there in as many places as possible, as much as possible is mm-hmm. absolutely the key to, uh, to growing your business and finding success. Uh, what, what, what was something easy? What, what was something that when you, when you got started, you were like, man, this is going to be hard. Uh, and then something just kind of naturally happened, you know, that, that you found, uh, just maybe, uh, you had an inherited skill towards or just wasn't as challenging as you thought it would be? Uh, so kind of interesting and, and, and referencing what we were just talking about is is staying relevant is is tricky and staying regularly posting is hard. But with art, uh, relevance is is pretty easy because you can see something and translate that into your own aesthetic and that's something i've been using since i was a kid uh to not only you know describe how i was feeling or or if i thought of something funny the easiest way was just to draw it out and and explain it in that way uh but now (laughs) running a business just uh for instance when that fly landed on mike pence's head during during the debate my wife laughed so hard because i stood up and i screamed as i was running up to my work desk i said i have to draw this right now uh, and just so capturing that moment and then yeah, I mean, yeah it was it, hilarious it was a viral moment it was and, and you know what i was the first person to post any artwork online uh for that and it had trended almost immediately and that was advertisement so just staying with that um it was great i think that after this year there's going to be a lot less to to draw but you know we'll with the chaos. I, I don't know, man. Around. Maybe not. I don't know if you remember this, but back back in uh, the Obama Biden administration, uh, Biden was like all the rave. I don't know if you remember this, but the Obama Biden memes. That was it. That was all anybody ever shared was Obama Biden memes. I remember one mm. like my favorite one was uh, uh, Joe Biden staring out the window, and it was like, "Does anybody <laughs> have any suggestions on ISIS?" And it was like, "Biden, put your hand down. We're not." assembling the Avengers or something like that. It was something, something funny. So, I mean, there's got, especially for someone like you who probably thrives off of, uh, you know, uh, comedic material. uh, Oh yeah. I I think you're going to have quite a bit to work with. I mean, I really do. Cause one of the things about, about Donald Trump is you can't really make fun of Donald Trump because he don't, 
he don't care. I mean, there's there's so much, but he really he it's almost like he does it on purpose. Like he yeah. tries to see just how extreme he can go. So it's a lot. I feel like it'd be a lot harder to to use you know Donald Trump as somebody that you can really market a comedic uh, thing off of versus Joe Biden, who's the exact opposite. Joe Biden is he tries to be serious about everything. And mm. and wants people to care, but comes off as just this silly old man. So well, the other thing is, is I think that with uh, Donald Trump, there is there's something new happening every every half an hour, and you just can't like I can't keep up. I mean, oh, yeah. a piece of art a piece of art can take a whole day to make, and so by the time that you put it out there, they're like, oh, that was yeah, you're five tweets behind, son. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that scandal's old news. <laughs> So, so it's with that. I, I've I've made a few designs up, and I try and stay away from political conversation, uh, I, I, which is ironic because I make a lot of artwork based around it. But um, I try and like so South Dakota right now. Uh, they just passed medicinal and legal uh, recreational marijuana, and uh, yeah, congratulations about that. By the way. Well, yeah. Well, and now currently our our governor's trying to file lawsuits to have the decision overturned, even though it was an amendment. Uh, oh, yeah, that's everywhere. So, so I speaking of that, I actually worked with uh, the medical marijuana campaign here in Mississippi. I was the, uh, mm-hmm. the I was the grassroots coordinator for medical marijuana twenty twenty here in the state of Mississippi. I, I traveled all over and I spoke in public speaking events and campaigned and went to rallies and everything like that. And worked grassroots. as a, yeah I, yeah I worked as a as a, as a campaign member uh, of the of the campaign. Uh, and, uh, and it was, it was interesting and, 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 and it was one of those things that when I was out there campaigning and I was, I was going to these meetings and I was, it was all Republican, you know, we never, we never went and spoke to any Democrats. It was, you, we, that's not who we needed to be in front of. We didn't need to get the message out to Democrats. We needed to explain to Republicans why they needed to support it. And, and I'm a Republican myself, very moderate Republican. I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, like uh, a lot of a lot of Mississippi Republicans, but I am I, I am a Republican, uh, but I'm, I'm much more moderate than most. And so most most of the uh, the events I would go to and speak at uh, for medical marijuana was was fairly positive. I, I got a lot of uh, uh, of positive feedback. Very rarely did I come across anything negative. I did have one and I won't say where it was at, but I had one uh, uh, Republican event that I went to. And I have never had a group of elderly people speak to me the way that I was spoken to. I'm, I was like my grandma and my grandpa cussing me out just over and over and just telling me basically, well, they, they didn't really cuss me out, but it felt like I would have rather been cussed out some of the things that were said to me for, for being in support of this initiative. But, but we passed it. Mississippi passed medical marijuana. Not only did we pass it, but we passed it by 74%. 74% yes vote, the highest yes vote of any state, to my knowledge, uh, that, has, that has ever voted in a medical marijuana program. And then states like yours, y'all did recreational and, and everything. So we're definitely, yeah. we're definitely moving against this stigma against you know marijuana as something that's just this dangerous, destructive uh, drug that's out there. I mean, you know, because it's, it's, it's bullshit, man. It's all bullshit. You know, you, you want to Absolutely. talk about dangerous, destructive drugs. I mean, any, you go to your doctor, you get opioids, you get Xanax. 
how many freaking people are on Xanax? I guarantee you that most of the people that were tripping over me, you know, when I was on the campaign talking about medical marijuana, have a script for Xanax or or mm-hmm. Oxy or Percocets or something that they're, but you know, even yeah, even fentanyl and stuff like that. People get prescriptions for what is essentially heroin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you and I could chat about that all day. Um, ironically, though, a year ago. So our governor's Christy Nome, and a year ago she had put out the uh, uh, "Meth We're On It" campaign for South Dakota. That is hilarious. Yeah, the point. Yeah, oh, it's great. The point is to say, hey, we know that there's problem with with meth, and we're on taking care of it. Uh, but instead, they, she just made us all look like we're addicted to meth, <laughs> uh, which isn't great. So I uh, I followed that up by creating a character called Krusty the Gnome or Krusty Gnome, which is uh, a caricature uh, that just loves meth and uh, hates, hates legal marijuana. And, uh, and I've, I've used that character once or twice or four times over the last year to drive home a point. And it's, it's funny to me that uh, the name has become, I should have trademarked the name hindsight is 2020 uh but like my my 17 year old comes up to me the other day on his snapchat and he says hey look at what was just uh, a friend of mine just sent me and it was a picture of my drawing and uh and this is a friend from a different area too so so he was like he was like that's my my dad did that all that so it was really cool to see that come back around uh yeah to use yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so you were talking about the the governor has already filed lawsuits and everything. So, yeah, and that that same thing's happening here with uh, with it. I actually saw yesterday, so I didn't know this. So, I'm I'm trying to learn more. Part of, you know, I, I part of my goals. I have I have things that I do. Like I have I have daily goals. I have something that every day I have to do this. And some of them are personal, and some of them are professional. Like one of my professional goals uh, every day is to learn something new or to study something new or to make sure that I'm doing something to educate myself. And so one of the things, because I, I, my businesses, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an independent contractor and I sell packaging supplies is pretty much my, that's my bread and butter, uh, day to day business. And, uh, and one of the things I'm trying to get better at is, uh, and well, I do a lot of logistics too. I do transportation logistics, some on the side too, but mainly packaging, but I'm trying to get better with understanding like government bids. I know a lot of people that do, uh, government contracts and, uh, and they bid on things. So I, one of the things I've been studying lately is government contracts. And I stumbled across for the state of Mississippi, uh, was it the Mississippi development authority? I believe is the name of it. The MDA had a, uh, RFP, a request, uh, for a proposal out there for a branding and marketing tourism campaign. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that, but I was like, I guess that's something that States contract out. So what you were talking about that, uh, the lady that came up with the meth were on it, uh, was, was probably, some a advertising agency that was contracted to handle the state's campaigns because from what i understand from what i read yesterday on this bid is uh is that something that the the state doesn't actually handle or at least mississippi that's the state that they don't actually handle that themselves that it's contracted out to an actual private organization yeah yeah uh as, as far as i understand that 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 specific uh contract went to 
uh, a marketing team in Minnesota, ironically. Well, is that uh, something? Is that something that you've ever looked into? Have you ever looked into doing government bids, government contracts, things like that? Um, I did some quote work and uh, some potential lineup work for a organization for a uh, uh, a tribal meeting for EMS and tribes in uh, Arizona. That, but that's the closest I've come to working with any. Uh, government-esque organizations from what what i found and from what i've seen it takes it takes a lot of pre-work i mean there's a lot of certifications a lot of qualifications a lot of checks and balances uh that you've got to get done on the front end and uh and i've 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 kind of i don't know i've been looking into it and uh it seems i don't know I, i think for my industry and for what i do it doesn't seem like a good fit. It seems like it would be a whole lot more work than what the payout would be. But for somebody like you who does a lot of branding and who does a lot of uh, creative illustrations and things like that, uh, it seems like there might be some stuff out there. There's a lot of cities that are looking for, uh, you know, uh, tourism and, and things like that. So it seems like it might be something for you to, to keep your eye on. Yeah, yeah. Uh I've been looking into that uh, lately and hoping to you know take those steps. The irony is uh, I really like working with individuals um, over groups uh, because it, you get a skewed image of what you want when when it's multiple people trying to project their vision. Uh, like I've, I've done album art for bands and stuff and it, and it, it becomes so tricky because the one member will have an idea for it and we'll do that and everyone else will hate it. So it's a lot harder to pinpoint. Well, we, well I can uh, speaking as a musician and I, and I know some musicians are going to be listening to this. So I'm only saying, oh, I, I'm only saying this to rile them up, but everybody knows that band members are prima donnas anyway. So everybody, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I played, I played in a band for 10 years. Did and, you really? Uh, what kind of band? Uh, it was, I played in like an alternative rock band and then also like a post hardcore band. Nice, um, man. I've done everything. I, so, uh, I started, uh, see, I, I started, uh, actually, I think it was, uh, two days ago, two days ago was my, uh, my anniversary. Uh, no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yesterday was my six year anniversary of the first time I ever, uh, performed on a stage. And I did, it was a singer-songwriter night, and I'd done some original music that I'd written, and I did a, a, an acoustic cover of Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. And that was my <laughs> that was my first performance ever. And then uh, after that, I did a bunch of karaoke things and just kind of went out and sang. And then I, I got a gig with a band. Uh, I had a band called Left Hand Tragedy. And, uh, oh. and, and, and all we did, we were, we were rock, man. We did like uh, Three Days Grace, Theory of a Dead Man, Nickelback, Puddle of Mud. I mean, we did a lot of the the two the late '90s, early 2000s rock. It was something different because living in the South, everything is country. Everything, yeah. everywhere you go, country music, country music, country music, and and so we were like, we wanted to be different. And uh, man, I think we had three gigs. I think it was. <laughs> I think we we had three gigs, and uh, one of our one of our members. I had a kid. I had my son. My son was born. And so then I had a newborn, uh, and then uh, one of our players, our uh, a guitar player, got married, and his wife didn't want him in bars because 
she knew what happens with band members and bars. And she was like, I, she didn't want the girls ogling over him or whatever. And, and it's so anyway, and then we had another band member get married and then he just decided to so say, anyway, we had, we had three gigs and we were done. But, uh, but after that, I kind of went out and did a lot of acoustic stuff and, uh, and lo and behold, ultimately I ended up in, in country music and I started, that's all I did. I did country music and, but, uh, I, I stuck to the nineties. The nineties is my, is where I feel comfortable with country music. Anything older than that, my voice isn't deep enough to sing anything newer than that. <laughs> is not really country music. So I, I kind of stick to the nineties, uh, you know, with an occasional older, occasional newer, but I still, my roots are in rock, man. And I do a lot of, like, I'll sing some journey. I'll sing some head East, you know, things like that. But, but yeah, and so I've been doing uh, singer songwriter acoustic and, and and things like that. A few, a couple of full band performances just with some buddies of mine. But but yeah, and then I kind of put it all on the. I think I've done. I actually had I had a gig uh, last week. It was the first gig I've had since 2019. So I've, I've played uh, one. I've played one gig this year. Uh, so this this podcast is kind of my my new gig, uh, which is yeah. which is just as fun to me, and I don't have to deal with you know drunk hecklers uh, in the crowd getting up in my microphone screaming what song they want to hear and and yeah, things I, like that. I played live music for uh, with one band for I think it was five years. I think we played over six hundred shows, and then another band I did for I think it was a year and a half, two years, and we did quite a few with them as well. And then I wedding DJ'd after that. That was by far the worst experience. Yeah, see, I, as, uh, see, I do that too, but I like that. So I so through our uh, through our uh, or through, through my company, uh, the Ready Set Go Party Rentals. That's one of the services that I offer is uh, is wedding wedding DJing. But I like that, dude. But it's it's usually uh, it's really really laid back. I mean, I I, I kind of I've never I've, which okay. Let me let me rephrase this. I've not done a lot. Like I've not even done ten. I haven't done even, I haven't even done ten weddings yet. But I actually go and do the the actual DJing myself, uh, just because you know it's something that we're not really big into yet. And I'm pretty cheap. Like I don't charge a whole lot of money. And a lot of the people that that would do it that I could like subcontract it with would charge me more than what I'm charging, you know, my clients. And and I really I don't charge a whole lot just because it's super easy and it's super fun to me. So I've I've not had the the negative wedding experience yet. Tell me about yours. Well, I I want to start by preferencing that uh, I started doing wedding DJ because I had the equipment and I had a name I liked a lot. And what was the, what was the name? Brentertainment. <laughs> I dig it. And then the advertising was uh, need a DJ. Just remember B R Entertainment. And like I was like, boom, that's it. That's <laughs> I'm rolling in it now. And then I, like I did it. a. <laughs> And I did a gig and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so bad because it was fine to start, you know, slow, but the more drunk people got, <laughs> the more irritated I got. And I was just like, I, I cannot play Miley Cyrus's party in the USA on a loop, ma'am. <laughs> Please go have another uh, Apple teeny and we'll, we'll, I'll see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. See, I haven't, I haven't had any of those. I have, uh, you know, a couple of weddings where there was like, no drinking at all. Like, uh, there was no alcohol consumption. And then, yeah, those uh, are the good ones. Yeah. And then I had one, actually the last one I went to is a buddy of mine's wedding. Uh, when it was up in Arkansas and, uh, and so I went up there and, and was DJ and everything. And, and, uh, these, these, these some good old boys and they like to drink. And so, you know, I showed up and, uh, they, they had started drinking before the wedding had even started. Right. 
So by the time the wedding's over with, uh, the reception starts, uh, everybody was pretty much good and lit by the time they finished eating at the reception. And about an hour into the reception, I think I maybe had four or five people that were still there. Everybody else had done gotten a little too tipsy and it was, it was bedtime. So with the last one, it ended up being just like a private party. And it was me and the, the four or five people that weren't, you know, too drunk to keep partying. And, uh, and we, we kept rocking and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that we don't, I don't really make any money yet doing it, but well, it's, it, it's a break. It, it's a break it's, from, from, from the real world. It's better too when you're DJing and you're allowed to drink while you're there. That changes it because oh, then you're yeah. part of the party. No, yeah, no. Um, I mean, if there's alcohol <laughs> there, I mean, I'm part of the party. That's that's part of when you hire me, I'm part of the party. So, yeah, yeah. And I love I love it, man. It's it's a lot of fun and it's super easy. You know, it's just one of those things that you know, uh, you hear a lot of people like we got some local DJs and and I will say, you know, there's there's a technical skill that goes into being able to do a lot of the mixing and things like that but it's really not that much with some of the technology that's out there. Like the, the software that I use, uh, I don't even remember what it's called, but the software that I use, I mean, it will auto correct. Like when I get ready to mix songs, it will auto change the tempo so that they blend together and then it'll transition into them. So I really, I mean, really it's point and click. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of, it. I mean, here's something to think about business idea. You could DJ anywhere in the world. All they need is the speakers and a webcam. I mean, with a Wi-Fi connection, you could technically be DJing in you know Belgium right now. All you need is the speakers and a webcam to see what's going on. Maybe like set up an app where they put their requests in through the app. Business huh. idea. That's interesting. I, I would think more from the sound aspect, though, that it would be hard to control the quality of what they hear if you're not actually there. Like, if you're not actually in the room hearing what they hear, I feel like it would get distorted as far as making sure you had a good, strong sound quality. I didn't say it was a good business idea. I just said it was a business idea. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of them that are worse, and I'm sure made people a lot of money. So uh, I do. Th- I find myself falling into the, those entrapments constantly like here's a business idea ready we're gonna sell children's popsicles and some people might say are those aren't isn't that all popsicles <laughs> see my problem is is I'll, I'll come up with like 10 ideas and i'll just be like all right which one and i'll just start i'll just start and i'll be like i'm gonna start working on all 10 of these and i'm just gonna see which one makes it through and then i'm like okay that was really really dumb i shouldn't have done that i should just should have just picked the one that I really felt the most comfortable with and, and started with that one. But, hey, uh, say welcome to the artistic process of making anything uh, as you draw. People don't understand that such a heavy part of what, like in, in designing, especially logo work, of how much of that time is spent erasing constantly. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the most used key on my keyboard is the undo button. Like I... I draw the same line 15 times before I'm happy with it. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I got, I got friends that'll tell me they'll be like, man, Cody, you just go after everything. I'm like, well, you should see all the shit I chose not to go after. <laughs> like there's, I guarantee you there's a lot more stuff that I chose not to, uh, not to pursue, uh, versus things that I, I chose to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about COVID man. Uh, uh I, I actually, I just got an alert on my phone, uh, our local news has released a statement from the state health 
department that says avoid all social interactions at all costs until further further notice. So I feel like after that, uh, by the end of the day, our governor's probably going to put out another stay-at-home mandate or something similar. Uh, this has drastically affected uh, our business and, and one of the things you know as soon as as soon as we get off this podcast my entire attention and priorities are about to shift over to uh, our, our birthday business because we we run birthday parties and we're an indoor facility and things like that uh with what looks like it's about to happen it looks like we're we're probably about to have to make some major adjustments uh how has covid affected your business i know a lot of times uh the internet-based businesses like so uh, some of the customers that i sell packaging products to and things like that they're seeing record sales they're booming they've never done so much business because people are buying shit like crazy right now people are depressed they're stuck at home they got a little Mm -hmm. bit of money from the government they got some unemployment now they're finally back at work they're getting some tax breaks so they're like screw it i'm just gonna spend i'm just gonna go shopping amazon and and everybody they're seeing record sales uh your business is pretty much online uh what, what's what's this been like for you i'm gonna level it so i saw a slight uptick when uh when people were getting their uh their government uh what's the word i'm looking for their I'm stimulus checks stimulus check yeah when everyone got their stimulus checks i saw a mild uptick but so much of what I do is a luxury item. Um, so I think when when people started looking through their bills and their expenses and groceries and and maybe things to keep them from being bored while locked in, a picture, a portrait of their family wasn't necessarily on that list. I saw an 800% de- decrease in my own website's traffic from the months of January. That's a, that's May. a big drop. Yeah. So from April or very much April to August, uh, we had dipped pretty heavily. Um, I started seeing, I mean, the good news is, is that gave me the time to transition uh, my focus to away from family portraits and to focus on businesses and logos and all of that. Because as I said earlier, when these businesses are coming out of COVID, they're wanting to kind of reintroduce. Um, the other thing I noticed is there's a lot of people writing and doing creative things such as YouTube channels, podcasts, writing books, um, Twitch streaming, all of these saw an uptick. So it was just a matter of, of shifting to to, to accompany those, those businesses as opposed to the individual. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anything, anything that you can be, that can be done remotely or done at a distance. It seems right now that that is, that's, that's the businesses that are thriving and anything that requires in-person or close contact, things like that is really not. And so that's, and that's kind of why, that's kind of why I really got into to this stuff. It's busy dad. So there's a, there's a couple of reasons that I formed Busy Dad, and and who knows what's going to happen. You know, I've got highest, I've got high expectations, which I, I have high expectations for just about anything I do. I hold myself to a pretty high standard, and and success is one of the things that that I feel like is is mandatory, 
And uh, it's very rare that I ever don't make something happen. But the thing about Busy Dad and, and the reason why, so I had a couple ideas. So one of the things that, that I'm passionate about is I'm, compa- I'm passionate about community service. Uh, I, I believe in the betterment of mankind, and I believe that while you're here, uh, it's, it's, about, it's about being the best that you can be, the best version of yourself every day. I have this, uh, I don't know if you can see it here, hang on, I've got this little plaque here thing that sits on my desk. And it's kind of my mantra, and it's it's really dumb, I guess, you know, that I have a mantra. But I do it. It's, it's work hard, play harder, be a good friend, and a better dad. And that is something that I try to live by every single day. Mm-hmm. So so community service is important to me. Being a father is, is massively important to me. I love my kids, man. My kids are my absolute best friends. And, and – Two, I love business and I love working in business. So I was like, okay, how can I combine the things that I love and and possibly form a successful business? I was like, well, what do I love? I love being in business. I love talking about business. I love learning about business. I love being a father. I love, you know, my kids. I love talking about my kids. And I love, you know, community, you know, benefiting the community. One of the ideas that I've got which is something that I hope to, to bring to fruition down the road. Uh, I live right outside a town called Tupelo, Tupelo, Mississippi. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I've got this, this, this project it's a, that I really, really want to get started uh, in Tupelo. And, uh, and basically it's all about free education for things that, that are not taught in schools. It's life education taught by the experts. Like I want to get, I want to get creditors that'll come in and teach classes uh, about how to build credit and, and how to establish a good credit score. And I want to get, you know, like the president of a local bank to come in and on, you know, once a month and talk about uh, the importance of staying away from payday loan places and, and how, how you, why you don't want to get caught up in a title loan and things like that. And, and, and that there's other alternatives. And I want to get somebody from, you know, the department. Uh, of unemployment to come in and talk about resume writing and things like that. So I want to bring experts of our in yeah. our community together to help people that really don't <clears throat> know these things. You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know how detrimental it is to get sucked into a title loan or a cash advance loan. There's a lot of people that don't really know how to positively build their credit. They don't know, you know, what's important on a resume. They don't know what employers are looking for. So there's so many things out there that people don't know. Uh, that that can be taught. I mean, that they can be shown by by somebody that is a professional or an expert at it. That can be done for free. I mean, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can do this for free, absolutely. So that that's one of my long term goals, and, and is is to do something like that in person. But to start, Busy Dad was was perfect for me. Busy Dad was exactly what I wanted to do because. It's it brings together people like me and you, business owners who are fathers. We can talk about our kids, we can talk about our businesses, and we have listeners that can learn and we can educate on how successes and failures that we've had that that all of my guests have had. I've got some guests. Uh, I recorded with a, a, a good friend of mine <clears throat> yesterday, and uh, or the day before yesterday, and uh, he's it's he's going to be the first podcast that we air. Uh, and he's, man, he's got so much experience. He's as a business owner, as a real estate, he's done commercial real estate investments. He works, uh, he's the political director for our Lieutenant governor, uh, for the state 
I mean, he's a city elected official. I mean, he's got so much experience. I was like, wow. there's so many people that we can get on here to talk uh, to to people to to dads or or business professionals that that want to know that they're like, man, COVID's kicked our ass. COVID has has beat us down. There's got to be a way out, you know. And maybe somebody that I have on this podcast has the keys to a way out. Maybe somebody out there. Uh, is is a uh, a digital artist and mm-hmm. or, or is an illustrator and and doesn't know how and maybe through this podcast you know you get an email hey Brent I heard you on Busy Dad uh, I'd love to to reach out to you for some coaching for some mentoring and then boom you know yeah. now now you've got a protege you've got somebody that you can help you know show them how you made it where you screwed up where you did good and. Uh, and and that's what this is about, and that's it's, that's that's what the whole reason I started this, and I'm hoping that it builds a successful brand, a successful business for for our listeners, for our guests, for me. I want everybody to succeed. I want this to be somewhere that when you hear the name Busy Dad, the first thing you think of is dads running businesses. And if I'm a dad yeah. running a business, I want to be a part of this organization. So uh, so talk. So your kids, uh, do they got artistic? Uh, talents. I mean, I know uh, that they are that you uh, you married into uh, this the fathership role with uh, your three current kids. Uh, but do they have? Do they got the artistic abilities? Do they do they like to watch what you do? Do they like to be involved? Uh, Tell me about that. I am so thrilled about about my, all of my kids. I don't think of it as a stepdad role. Like they're, they're my kids. I take care of them I teach them they come to me when they hurt their knee you know etc um each one of the three of my of my stepkids all kind of have this uh bit of myself that I think that that echoes throughout all of them and they're all deeply artistic um my oldest is a he's an insanely gifted musician and I've prided myself. I'm I'm a pretty damn good guitar player. Uh, I've played for 22 years, and it, it hasn't been idle. Um, Braden, my my middle son, is uh, he's a problem solver. He loves uh, video games. He likes playing checkers and chess. He likes doing things that are puzzle solving. Uh, we do, like our number one activity for him is escape rooms because he just loves that active problem solving and i think that's gonna really uh, lend itself to him i've when he never starts. done those i've always wanted to though are they as fun as they look <laughs> yeah dude they're a blast um we had so much fun doing them that i have like a vr headset um for my computer and stuff and you can get digital ones as well that allow really? you to yeah see i've got with. i've got the vr playstation but all i uh, golf that's it i play vr golf because I suck. I haven't played any. Is, I is it suck any massively at golf. I love golf. <laughs> golf, golf is my favorite thing that I am absolutely terrible at. But I'm not so bad at VR golf. So yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, so that's about all I play on it. That's cool, man. So, so they, I mean, are they uh, looking at maybe getting involved in the business or anything like that, or what? What are their plans? I know you got a seventeen-year-old, uh, so college or or what's next after high school's got to be on the forefront of their mind uh, yeah and then my youngest is is super artistic drawing and i actually with her uh i'll have her create a character because like seven-year-olds are so creative 
And then I'll have her just make up a, a character, whether it be like a superhero or a villain. And then I'll take that and go draw it in my style in like taking all of these like creative aspects. Like uh, I can show you one if you allow me to share, but um, with our yeah. oldest, hopefully college, um, uh, he's really into marching band and theater and stuff like that. So I'm hoping for that. He's also uh, loves animals. So, you know, him and I talk regularly about what it is he wants to do, whether it be uh, forensic science, I know was really interesting to him, uh, stuff like that. Um, but our youngest always says that she wants to be an artist when she grows up. And um, I, I guess that I try and teach her the right things. And, and that is that, that while it is important to be very good at creating and, and, and in doing that, there's the, uh, I think with a lot of artistic people, there's the human aspect uh, in being able to talk to strangers and converse. And, you know, what I make is a product and you can only put out as much of that product as you're good at selling it. And for that, I think that uh, not only setting up an attractive website for myself has been important, but also the ability to have a good customer service experience in like my seven-year-old, if I could just have her run the customer side of things, she has like the greatest personality, <laughs> like just so vibrant and bright and silly. And like, she's her jokes that she makes, like I sit and I laugh at them. Cause I'm like, that's, that's a super well thought out joke. Uh, all of the characters that she creates um, just are so, buffed out and so well thought through it's just yeah so if anyone's going to be an artist out of the three kids i think it will be her we will see uh i still have one brewing well, sounds like you got uh sounds like you got your vice president already ready and lined up and uh, ready to go the the my, next the next generation of brentis design she's my uh she's my apprentice I got it. I love it. Apprentice. Dad jokes. Well, we would busy dad would not be busy dad without a dad joke every every now and then. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Hey man, look, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for uh for being on this podcast. We we definitely want you to come back. I tell you, man, uh as we start building this brand, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have merch. I've got a few shirts and things like that that just have the logos and stuff on the website. But for sure, man, we need to link up. Uh, as we yeah. start to grow this brand and get you to do some, get you to do some work for us, get us some shirts going and yeah, I want some you, designs. You, you, your head would make a nice microphone. My head would like the, the bald <laughs> head with the, into a mic. I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. So my, my fiance, she keeps like, she's like one day I'll grow my hair out. I'll be like, I'm gonna grow my hair out. And so I'll start growing it out. And then, you know, it's going thin anyway. And I'll, I'll be messing with it. Like, what do I want to do? What do I, and I'll just get tired. I'm like, screw it. I'm shaving this shit again. So it's, it's much easier to maintain. It's way cheaper than going and getting a haircut I, every two or three weeks at $30 a haircut. I know? never knew what to do with my hair when I was a kid. Cause my dad was bald my entire life. And, uh, and I, I have like crazy thick hair. And so like when I was a kid, I was just like, was whatever, I'm just going to let it grow. And that's what I did when I was up until like my mid twenties, I just had really long hair. 
Yeah, no, I had I did it in high school. No, I had I had because I was a rock, I was a rock star. At least I thought I was. I had I had long black hair. I straightened it every because I had naturally curly hair. So I'd straighten my hair every day before I went to school. I dyed it black. I wore all black. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was craziness. Well, you know the dude dad. Uh, what's the the group? Uh, the bunch of dads. Yeah, a bod. So. Uh, there's another one called Dude Dad, and he does like videos. And he is actually my old bass player. Now he has his own television show on the Home Network. Really, it's just wild. But like, we need to get him uh, on this show. Uh, I can give you his information. And tell him, tell you I sent him. I he'll he'll want to charge you for it. I, I would assume you can cut all that out, but. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. Uh, hey, so check it out, man. Uh, appreciate you being on here. Uh, any final words of wisdom for anybody considering to be an entrepreneur or getting uh, small business ownership as a digital artist? Don't undervalue your work. So many artists, and I see them all out there, are asking for a full portrait done for 5 or $10. And that is a critical undervalue of your time and efforts. Uh, most artists have been practicing our craft since we're kids. So you have to value that time and value yourself because not only does that drive down the overall price uh, to, to your fellow artists, uh, but it, it makes it harder for you to ask for more down the road. Because if someone sees that you're doing portraits for five bucks and then all of a sudden you want 65 I don't yeah. think that that's, I hate yeah. people that undercut costs just to get business. Like they, people do it in the, in the, in the inflatable rental industry all the time. I'll get somebody mm. to call and be like, you know, how much for this rental? And I'll, you know, say $275 or whatever. And then they'll be like, well, we found this person over here that'll do it for 150. I'm like, well, go to that person for 150. Cause I sure as crap ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not losing, I'm not in business to lose money. So yeah, I agree with you yeah, on I mean, that. You can, you can load your plate up with, you know, $35, $5 portraits and, and, and end up making, uh, you know, what, 175 bucks, or you could do two really well done portraits and make the same amount of money and not be as stressed. That's it. That's, I think yeah. That's high, high so ticket, important. high ticket sales work harder or I mean, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Hey, listen, I appreciate you being on. Thanks everybody for joining in. I want to encourage you. Thanks, buddy. I want to encourage everybody to please subscribe to the podcast and uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias. Please be sure to check out our website, check out the blogs, our podcast schedule. We'll also got our merch on there. If you feel like buying a Busy Dad shirt, we encourage you to do that. Uh, Reach out to us. Let us know what you think. If you want to be a guest on the show or if you know somebody, be sure to let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to y'all next time. Cheers, everybody.